0: Welcome back to the mirror. The Odyssey Within. Our last podcast, Bullying, deserved a part two. And I'm, uh, as a person that spent most of his childhood life dealing with bullies, um, I wanted to bring light to it as a social issue that we have and a very destructive issue that really affects us mentally and can cause us to commit suicide is a very, very important issue near and dear to my heart because I went through it. And I wanted to give you, uh, the listener, a perspective of some of the things that I went through so that no one else has to suffer. I was lucky because I was strong. My family was strong. And they always. Gave me the kind of love. That I had the confidence in myself. To withstand. Anything. Uh, On the last podcast. I had done a poem. But I don't believe I'd done it. Justice. So I want to. Go back and reflect back on that poem. And. It was called The Last Payday. And this was the original version. Um, My memory had the uh, newly revised version, but I I definitely favor the newer version. And the poem was called The Last Payday. I will never forget the day I saw Mac Brown on a playground at Oakland Elementary, the biggest, tallest, and baddest fourth grader in town. He had muscles in his head, chewed glass and spit fire, took collections like the mob, greed, mayhem, his desire. Recess was the usual payday. Victims chosen at ransom, the look came my way. Anticipating the slaughter, the crowd scattered. I gasped for air and fright, shaking with fear. Mark moved closer foaming words out of his mouth. Give me my money. I closed my eyes and swung a while right. My hand exploded on his face like clapping thunder, wishing him a good night. The crowd chanted down goes Brown, down goes Brown. Knocking him out cold from the fight. He finally got the receipt with no payday in sight. You see, That's the last payday that that bully got. And unfortunately, what we saw at the Oscars is that, you know, uh, as people think comedians have this, you know, right to say what they want, but there are consequences to what you say. But unfortunately, uh, he's going to get a payday from, from, from Will slapping him, Will Smith slapping him chris rock and uh but uh i can honestly say you know and i gotta go back and thank and i'm you know i'm will's age or uh, two years younger at least and you know kind of old school but i probably would have had a discussion with him backstage afterwards uh, you know at the end of the day, I was always told real men fight in court. You don't fight on these streets. It's not It's not worth it. Uh, it's not worth the violence. It's not worth hurting somebody. At the end of the day, if it can be avoided, you avoid it. You talk it out. You do what you got to do. Um, and even though I've taken a, a, quite an unpopular stance at this point with it, I do recognize that violence is definitely not the answer. But definitely people talking and trying to understand where we're coming from because you know i I, I happen to think there's probably a build-up of what will smith was going through and it just you know just took that incident to 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 break it off you know as a man and uh you know i pray for both him and chris rock that they can reach a resolution and a reconciliation that's that's true Uh, so i want to go back and recount what happened to me in third grade when, no, no, I'm not going to say third grade. I'm going to go back to Oakline Elementary. And I had a music teacher who, I won't call her name, but she's known definitely around Charlotte. Uh, she was at Oakline Elementary at the time. And I remember trying out for chorus. And, um, you know, I, I got into chorus, and we would go to the chorus practice, And we had hundreds of people in chorus, at least 50 to 100 people. And I remember she would call me out and tell everybody that I was the one throwing everybody off. And she began to bully me and pester me, even in music class and in chorus. Um, And it was like every day she was coming for me. I didn't do this right. And, and and what makes it so crazy is like she was a friend of my family's and she loved all my brothers and sisters. She's taught all my brothers and sisters, the two above me and the two below me. And she just had a problem with me. And and it could have been, you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. You know, if, if I felt like you were wrong and you were saying something to me wrong, I'm going to say something to you. Um, I'm not going to let you bully me, no matter who you were or what you were. I mean, I could be respectful, but with her, it was like, it was crazy. Because I remember just constantly, I would lip sync and she would say I was the one doing it. I wouldn't even sing. I wasn't a good singer. I was a horrible singer. I can tell you that. Now, my family, they can carry a tune. They're they're good, good singers. You know what I'm saying? But me, I'm not a good singer. I can tell you, I'm the worst singer ever in the world. That's the one thing my mother told me, son, you just can't do. You just just can't sing. So we were being honored and we were going to be on this TV show. And I remember her sitting me all the way into the back. And she put the two biggest guys beside me. And she said, if he sings, punch him. This happened. This happened. I was in fifth grade. This happened to me. And that day, ladies and gentlemen, I sang as if <laughs> it was my last performance. I sang loud, and I sang loud. And I dared those two guys. They weren't small. They were a lot bigger than me. It was sixth grade, as I was a fifth grader. And and I dared them. I said, if you think about touching me, I'll I'll, I'll kill you. If you think about touching me out, you. Cause I wasn't playing. She actually sat two people in the back row with me. I was in the way back, the last row, and said, if he sings, punch him. This happened. I told my parents about it. And I told her, hey, I can I said, um, she says, she wasn't gonna allow me to get out of course. She wanted to continue to bully me. I don't think so. So we had one more performance where all of us were gonna sing the Christmas program. And I swear to you, I sang again. I sang as if I were the lead person singing. (laughs) I sang with all my heart and might and I looked at her and after the performance, I walked up to her and I said, uh, I had a note from my mother I think it was the next day we were back in school. I think this this was on a Friday, so Monday we were back in school. And I had a note from my mom excusing me from chorus. My mother believed me. Even though this was one of her, you know, people she knew for many years, but she believed her child. Because, you know, that's the only time I, I mean, when adults tried to do something to me, yeah, but if kids tried, I, I wasn't out there trying to snitch on no kids. But if adults ever try me, oh, oh, yeah, that's a whole different ball game. So it turns out that she um, had made up her mind. And I wasn't getting out of course. So I had to go to the principal. And uh, when I handed I had a copy for her principal, and I had a copy for the, the teacher. I handed teacher the note and she says, you're never getting out of chorus. And I said, to hell with you lady, I promise you I'll never be in chorus again. And that was the last day I said or talked to that lady. Many years later, I'm at a homecoming uh, party uh, for John C. Smith University. And I remember she walked up to my my father and she told him what a good student I was and all this. No, she ter- she tried to terrorize me, embarrass me in front of my peers, even had them try to beat me up. And to this day, I still see her sometimes at some things. And I promise you, it I I, I just I don't like her. But I forgive her, and today I do give her respect because of her position. And no one deserves to be disrespected. Even at the end of the day, as a child, I did what I thought was right. And I always tell people, you know, listen to your kids. You know, a lot of times they tell you stuff and you be dismissive. Don't dismiss them. Because a lot of times adults will try to take advantage of your kids and bully them and do things. Um, so listen to your children. My mother listened to me. And she got me out of that situation because she was really embarrassing me. From me, she would take every opportunity just to mess with me. You're off key. You're this. You're that. I'm not even. I'm saying I'm. I'm, I'm just lip syncing. Because at this point, I realize, hey, I don't want her pointing me out. She. I mean, she just points me out in front of everybody, and everybody's either laughing at me. Or, and stuff like that, and it was just embarrassing. It was a lot to take, but I stood up to it. I let the right people know, and that's why you have to let people know. Don't worry about that. Um, to you know, snitch. No, you gotta let your parents know what's going on, or a counselor or someone you can trust, and tell them what's going on with you, so you can get it taken care of. This is an extremely important issue in life bullying happens every day no matter how old you are or young or you know your your race your sexual orientation it just takes place every day in every way and we have to put an end to it it's got to stop we got to talk about it you know it's it's okay it's okay and I remember telling you about one of my bullies, Rico Horn. Well, if you get back to, i tell you, the last two weeks of school at Hawthorne, I got very popular. And Rico Horn was a bully I had when I was in fifth grade. And we still were, you know, it was all right. But, you know, sometimes Rico would try to bully me at Hawthorne. But this one particular day, we just happened to be kind of just play boxing or whatever. And I remember uh, kind of getting the best of Rico that day. And man, when I um, when when I turned when I uh, he got he got mad, and I kind of I said, man, ah, Rico, man, we are just playing, man. I, don't, I mean, nothing bad, you know, you know, whatever. And man, he hit me. He hit me as hard as Rodriguez Briscoe in, in the previous podcast, but he hit me pretty good. And I remember um, uh, I didn't retaliate because, actually, me and Rico, I thought we were okay, pretty cool, in a good place. And I remember, as I told you, all my bullies apologized to me. And I remember getting on my road, and I remember we had math class together. And he told me, man, I'm sorry I hit you, man. Cause even after he hit me, the next day he invited me to fight again. And I, like I told Rico, if that's what you want, man, but we're gonna we'll fight every day if you want. But why? You hit me, I let it go. You know, and that was it. Cause I shouldn't have been play boxing with you anyway. You know what I mean? You just don't play box like that. We used to play box all the time. You know, make sure we hit each other in the chest, not in the face or whatever. I might, I think I might have caught Rico hit him in the throat bags, and then I'm tired. I apologize. I remember apologizing to kind of, you know, man, I didn't mean to, you know, whatever. And that's when he hit me and he came back the next day, tried me. I mean, he wanted to fight again. I'm like, man, when they, I didn't even fight you back. Why you, you know, just letting it go. But he did apologize. I mean, me and Rico were tight all through high school. You know, me, Rico and Steve Stitt. So uh, it goes to show you that, but they they, they respected me though. They respected me. And. But these, these, these things, you know, continued to happen, uh, to me. Like I said, it was crazy. And, um, you know, growing up, um, you know, this is just, you know, we, we had our, you know, school gangs that came up and I remember, uh, one of the school gang members that, uh, Garringer, kind uh, of, kind of wanted to fight me, and I, and I remember the, one of the guys in the gang, luckily I was friends with, you know, stopped it. He said Le- leave him alone. That that, that that's he said that, that's my friend. And luckily he stopped it because that the the, the the gangs we had then were kind of it was, was kind of crazy. And I remember the um, there was another school that had a gang, and uh, I remember being uptown and they, uh, they tried to, um, uh, I think the only thing they did, I think me and my homeboy, Donnie Reed, he worked at McDonald's with me downtown as a teenager. Um, they, they kind of jacked us up, you know, just kind of, you know, grabbed us, you know, and just let us know, Hey, you know, uh, You know, they were trying to get some money from us. And we didn't have any money. And so, you know, they left us alone. But I think they may hit us in the chest and left us alone or something like that. But, you know, these things happen. But I can particularly remember when me, Donnie, and I can't think of my other homeboy's name. But he was kind of crazy. Richie Rich. Rich. Richie Richie, Rich was his name. And... We, we were downtown, and there was this neighborhood downtown that had kind of a game. And Rich was always fighting this one guy in that game. And I remember Richard stepped on his shoes. Now, it's 20 of them and three of us. And I just remember, man, I wasn't fast, but I was fast that night. And I just remember having to run. And the bus driver saved my life. The bus driver let me on. It would not let them guys on that bus, and took off. I barely made it, but we we all made it luckily. But it was about twenty of them dudes. There was only three of us guys, man. And it was just over overstepping on your shoe, overstepping on somebody's shoes. And I was like, oh man. And I think, I think that might have been the last time I hung out with old Richie Rich. Me and Donnie, you know, stayed friends. Um, but it was just a lot of things that went on that it was unbelievable to me that we, you know, I survived. And today I look back on all those things that happened and I'm just so grateful to God. Because he gave me the plan early in life to, to make sure I stay focused. Focused. I had to stay focused every day. And God was with me every day, every minute, every hour, every second of that time. And when you being bullied, and then you start, and at some point I started bullying people, and I had to realize it, and then I gave, me I mean, I paid my penance for that, you know, I got it right back, and I I never, I would never do that to anybody ever again, I just wouldn't do it, and I want to apologize to those that, 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 that I did that to, because I became what I never wanted to be, one of the worst in the world, one of the worst people you can ever be is a bully, you know? Ask should night what bullying get you? Ask him. Twenty eight years, 27, 28 years in the penitentiary. It's just, it's, it's not worth it. Uh, you know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. It's too many people that that suffer from the repercussions of it. And you know, when when are we gonna become a society that just 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 stop the violence? We have to. We have to learn how to, you know, agree to disagree and come to the table and find a compromise. That's what great relationships do. That's what they have in common. You've got to have those deep, deep thoughts and those things that are worthy of who you are as a person and what you represent. It it just doesn't make sense to be an unproductive person that only thinks of themselves. You know, it just doesn't make sense. And it just it's very hurtful when you have to deal with so much pain from others when you didn't even deserve it. Why? What, what recourse does this? What, what does this solve? Nothing. Nothing at all. And that' why I, um, I, I, I just don't understand. And I am uh, extremely hurt by it. And does it affect me today? Yes. But I have to learn how to deal with it. And that's why I did the podcast, because I finally want to forgive those who trespassed against me. You know what I'm saying? Who tried to hurt me just because they thought they could. And I am, um, I just don't understand it at all. And, and you know, maybe one day we can all come to that, that table and just really, you know, uh, to the table of, of brotherhood and sisterhood and you know, be as one. It's something that Martin Luther King talked about a lot. And it's something that I, hopefully I can inspire and spark that change too. I can do, you can do so much just by changing one mind and helping somebody uh, do things. And, you know, and I I, I just often find myself in, in, in turmoil over a lot of things. I, I just, I try to understand um, and I remember there's a poem I wrote called Karma. See, what you bullies don't understand is always karma. And if you know what karma is, I don't have to explain it to you. But I wrote a poem about it. It goes, Karma. I wandered softly, deadly to my eyes, haunted with your image, rewind, held captive with your words, a prisoner of design, declared a mistrial, no winner to find, two stabs hard with no decline, cutting me slowly, agony confined, grinding to control me, hoping to stay blind, you never know me, I knew you all the time, played with my heart, committed the crime. What goes around, comes around. Justice. Hear my cry. Karma's a fate. You can't deny. And there's no denial when it comes to this. And I want each and every one of you, if you can sponsor a person that you can help. And heal. And... Let's stop bullying. Let's bring an end to it. It's time. It's time. Nobody wants that karma. I certainly don't. And with that uh, being said, I'm going to cut this about five minutes short. So I I want to thank you for listening. And I appreciate everything. with all my listeners who have been great, great supporters. And uh, I'm going to sign off. This is Kevin Lamar Scott from The Mirror, Odyssey Within.